Welcome to Faith in Sports with Onside Athletics. I'm your host, Theo Wan. At Onside, we run camps and programs for youth with the purpose of integrating faith, family, and sport. The Faith in Sports with Onside Athletics podcast was launched to give a chance for Christians in the sport world to share their story of faith and sport and to encourage you to live out your faith wherever God has placed you. We would love for you to share this podcast with your family, church, and community. And if you want to learn more about Onside Athletics, you can check us out at onsideathletics.ca and at Onside Athletics on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. I'm here with Hans Ostrom. He's the Regional Vice President of FCA, which is Fellowship of Christian Athletes International, and he's the Executive Director of FCA in Canada, as well as a missions pastor. So excited to talk to Hans today about his work in sport. So Hans, how are you doing today all the way from Mississauga? Yeah, thanks, Theo. So happy to be with you. And uh, yeah, what, what an honor. Appreciate that. The kind words to get us started. So first things first, what do you do in sport? So what's your role? Tell the audience, yeah, what do you do in the sport world? Yeah, for sure. No, so with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes ministry around the world, you know, we have a vision to see the world transformed by Jesus Christ through the influence of coaches and athletes. And uh, likewise, our mission is to lead every coach and athlete into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ and his church. And so, you know, around the world, we get this amazing opportunity to pour into the very hearts and lives of coaches and athletes, but with a focus on coaches as they then have an influence with all the athletes and even other coaches in their sphere of influence. And so, you know, for, for me, what a joy it is. I, I get the honor of serving in this role, uh, overseeing Canada as we continue to, to expand on, on uh, pro levels and all the way down to student athletes uh, starting at age five years old as we firmly believe in, in being able to pour in the gospel to all ages. But as we focus on those coaches, those coaches are going to be able to speak into that, that student's life. You know, over and over again, so many stories I could share, but where we've seen that happen in our own lives, anybody who's listening in my personal life, and, uh, but even here in, within Canada over the last several years, as we've seen coach interact with an athlete, speak into them, share the gospel. And then we, we've seen a number of those athletes come to faith and start to be discipled. And now they're coaching, influencing other people. And you just see disciples who make disciples who make disciples. And so my role in all of this, uh, you know, I, I don't deserve it. I, I don't, I'm not qualified for it, but God saw fit to, to, to put me in this leadership role. And my true joy and honor, my wife and I get to lead this team, uh, uh, this growing team across Canada and, you know, and, and pour into them. We have what we call our E3 strategy, we, where we engage, equip and empower. And this plays out on multiple different levels. But for my wife and I, our, our mission field now is to engage, equip and empower our staff as they go out and, and engage, equip and empower coaches and athletes. So it's kind of a strange dynamic. My wife and I, all the things that we've done over the years, serving as full-time uh, missionaries in, in the Middle East and you know, being uh, um, you know, big athletes uh, throughout uh, our, our university careers. And uh, now our mission field is this FCA Canada staff who is reaching coaches and athletes. And But I tell you, I love it. I love being able to just walk alongside the dear brothers and sisters who have a passion to see 
people know Jesus and encourage them along that journey. So uh, it's a little taste of what we, what I get to do. There's a lot of administrative aspects of my job that, that are probably not my favorite, but my most favorite is just being able to love on, on uh, those missionaries who are going out sharing the gospel. Yeah, great. A little synopsis there of what you do there, Hans. And could you share then pre-pandemic, maybe as well during pandemic, uh, in lockdown orders and things like that, what your day looks like, like how much are you balancing uh, discipleship with the administrative task? What does your day look like in your role there? Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a neat contrast. So if we look at pre-COVID, you know, it was a lot of driving around. It was a lot of flying different places, um, you know, especially, you know, going to conferences and uh, having the opportunity and, and be honored to speak at many of the conferences as well. But uh, a lot of it was kind of being the, uh, the, the more public face of what we do here. When COVID came, it was it was interesting. And, you know, I've not left this country and traveled outside, you know, in the last year now. It's been very odd. And uh, very strange for me and my schedule to have. Uh, but what, what's been cool about that is getting to spend more time really pouring into, you know, our staff. I referenced in the beginning, that's a, a joy of mine. And, and, and because it, it's a fairly newer thing, before I was, I did staff meetings, right? The, the, the team got to talk to me. I engaged with them. But I was really a lot more hands off because I was doing more of the public arena of it and and you know, now I, I've gotten to spend so much one-on-one time. Of course, via Zoom, but I really get to spend that one-on-one time with our team and really get to encourage them, pour into them, and love on them. And so. My day-to-day uh, before was full of a lot of travel, it took me away from my four kids a lot more. During COVID and, and even moving when we get to post-COVID, a lot has changed. My day-to-day, I'm in meetings, I, human resource meetings. I'm checking in with my director level staff who are leading uh, you know, their, their different divisions within FCA Canada checking in on them and following up on different projects. And, and so there is all that administrative stuff still, but I'm getting to spend some one-on-one time with my team, again, via Zoom or on the phone, uh, just checking in with them, asking them simple questions. What, you know, what do you need? What can I be doing for you? What can this ministry do to, to better encourage you as you're going out? Because we all know that serving in missions, that serving in, in context like, you know, like, even like we are here in Canada in a post-church culture, the evil one wants to get at us, right? Satan wants to destroy Christian ministry. He wants to get us discouraged and in despair. He wants to get our eyes off of Jesus. And so my true joy, and in, in again, going back to what I said at the beginning, is uh, in my day-to-day time is, is you know scheduling different meetings with different staff throughout the week and asking them how they're doing finding ways that I can just to really love on them, pray for them, encourage them. That's kind of what a lot of my day-to-day stuff is. And, and you know, between getting to do that, of course, you know, all the different meetings and still there was still a lot of travel. I've got travel coming up again this year, uh, tentative. I mean, we'll see how, how COVID plays out and our travel restrictions here, but, and, and eventually it'll have to get back to more of, of some of those travels and, and going places, being at conferences. But I, I never want to lose being able to pour into uh, my family first, obviously, and my kids, but uh, my, my team second and just have those unique times. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. And you mentioned earlier, back when you first talked about the organization, about its impact on coaches. So when you're talking about coaches, are you talking at the youth level or what would you say is the main strand that your ministry focuses on? Is it the pro ministry? Is it collegiately? Is it youth, like grassroots kind of thing? What does that look like? 
Yeah, no, a great. It's a great question. Our our global strategy for the FCA ministry is is to and through the coach. That's our strategy. And so, simply put, in every country that we we operate in, closed countries, open countries, that's our strategy is to and through the coach. And so, for here again, pouring in and and into those coaches and, and engaging them, what that looks like is very different. You know, we we do um, we focus in on huddles all different spectrums. We do things with some pro teams. We do some things with just, just some, some fun leagues for kids that are recreational based and everything in between. And as we continue to grow and expand, we're adding some new sports, new programs. We brought on uh, some, some former pro athletes onto our staff just recently. And so there's some new exciting ventures we're going into and in, in, uh, some new sports as well. So, but with that, it's finding a way that we can engage those and uh, those coaches. If they're married, we want to focus on their marriages. We want to focus on their relationships, uh, you know, internally and not in an intrusive way, but we want to come in and, and again, encourage them in that love on them in that we want to help the whole family to be in ministry together because we firmly believe that to when, when God calls someone to ministry, it's calling the whole family into ministry. If we're coming across, you know, coaches that are, that are, that are not married, single or whatever their, their status might be, uh, we, you know, nothing changes. We still want to pour into them and love on them. And it all comes back to that engaging, equipping and empowering, uh, to help them do their, their job. So if it's on a, uh, on, on a, a school type of a level, maybe a, a you know, junior high or high school, whether a recreation level or even up to a pro team type level, uh, our strategy doesn't change. It's how can we uh, how can we really just love on that coach? How can we get them involved in uh, in some coaches' huddles where we're, we're talking and, and uh, about the things of, of the Lord? We're, we're having Bible study together. And we deal with a lot of coaches who, who've joined our, our ministry who, who aren't, aren't Christians. They don't know Jesus. And uh, we get a, a an interesting privilege too with them. They know who we are. Uh, you know, we're not we're not hiding anything. There, it's very clear. Uh, we are the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Uh, but we get a neat uh, opportunity to walk with them through through just a life journey as well. Obviously, sharing our faith of who we are, what we believe uh, the Bible says about who Jesus is, uh, what He did for us when he, when He died on the cross and rose again on that third day, and 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 you know, the, so we we but we get that extreme privilege to walk with coaches even from other religious backgrounds and cultures and, and join in on that because our, our huddles are focused on, on the coach. You know, how can, again, how can we encourage you? How can we love on you? But we're going to do it from a, a biblical perspective as we walk through and look at what God's word says about our lives. And uh, just the amazing opportunities that God continues to do. We've got some wonderful, uh, you know, men and women who lead in those areas for our FCA Canada ministry, who lead those coaches and encourage them. And uh, I'm just so thankful for for their faithfulness in how God's using them uh, to to really reach those reach them. For those in the audience, you can definitely hear Han's passion there for what he does. And so that leads me to 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 ask you about what got you excited about sports. Uh, in general, because it sounds like you're passionate about this ministry, and obviously it's using sports as a tool and a vehicle to talk, tell people about Jesus. So what's your sports background? What was your uh, introduction to sport that got you really excited to do uh, to do what you do now? Oh boy, and I'll try to be as brief as I can, uh, uh, you know, for for the purposes of time. But so growing up, I I hated sports. I I really just, you know, I don't use that word very often, uh, but I really just, I, I didn't care. 
right? And uh, something just clicked in me at a fairly young age. And, and so my, um, my family's from Norway uh, originally. And, and so, uh, you know, but coming, growing up in, in a family where nobody really did a lot on the sports realm. You know, we watched it on TV, but we weren't very, you know, active in, in just playing sports. And for me, though, you know, soccer became a, a passion. Uh, it just continued to grow and grow. I really loved it. I'll, I'll never, ever say that I was good at it, and but I loved it and uh, ended up, uh, you know, going to, to university. I went to a Bible college in the United States and there I played uh, club soccer and uh, ran cross country. Uh, those were my, my two sports. Uh, what school was it? Uh, so it's North Greenville. It was college when I was there. It's a university now and uh, still a small Christian school in South Carolina in the mountains. And I fell in love and being able to play sports and uh, especially on that level and get onto those teams. And, and so my passion just continued to grow. And uh, for both uh, running has never been, a, you know, a, just a, a, you know, oh man, that's awesome. I love to get out and run, but, but I just enjoyed that, that time and, and that time with the Lord as well. And so, and that's where I met my wife. Ultimately, she was on the, the women's cross country team at the same school. And so I, you know, I joke all the time and it's probably rooted in truth that I joined the team so I could run after her. And so, you know, get, get to know her. And of course that led into, to, uh, us starting to date and, uh, marry and, uh, so thankful for, for my wife and what she means to me and, and uh, this ministry. But so for, for me, that that's where my sports really started to dive, dive deep was in university and just to grow that passion because for me, and I, I was an FCA athlete, FCA was at our university in South Carolina. And that's where I, I first became aware of the ministry and, then over the years, I, w I went to school and, and studied medicine, actually, and, and my wife and I felt called to go to the Middle East. And so we served in the Middle East. I used medicine as a back platform in my background there to work at hospitals, do some different things. And uh, and uh, my specialty was pediatric uh, emergency medicine. So that was my whole, uh, that's kind of what we did. And so sports started to fade a bit, uh, but it was a big passion for my wife and I. And we, we were always praying, you know, God, are we going to use that again? You know, we, we, is that ever going to come back up? And uh, to make a long story short, when God brought us back to North America after uh, about uh, six, seven years in the Middle East, there was an opportunity uh, for, with, with a sports organization uh, to come in as, as their executive director and help build something here in Canada, which then led into to, uh, uh, merging into the FCA Canada uh, ministry. And so... Yeah, and it, just seeing how God has used so many parts of my uh, of my background and my experience and bringing them together, and and it leads me to a verse I just want to share um, in Acts chapter twenty in the twenty fourth verse. I love this. Um, I'm just going to read it out of the NIV. However, I consider my life uh, worth nothing to me if only I may finish my race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. And I won't expand on that much. This isn't a sermon time, but, you know, as I, you know, that verse just speaks to that whole journey for me, like coming back to sports, being able to see, because I, I became the person I was, or, or that I am today, I, let me take it back, uh, in university because of coaches who poured into me, because of other athletes who poured into me. Uh, there was an opportunity once where we were at a meeting and, you know, I, I was sitting there down. There was this guy who came up and he said, Hans, have you ever been discipled? This was at an FCA meeting. And I said, no, I've never been discipled before. I don't need to. My parents are, you know, they were foreign missionaries. I grew up around the world, different places, you know, I don't need to be discipled. And he, and he sat down and started to study the Bible with me. And it was there that God grabbed a hold. And I realized my need 
for a savior. I realize my need for forgiveness of sins. And so when I read this verse, you know, my life is worth nothing to me. My goal is to finish that race and complete the task of testifying, of telling people about Jesus. And so the opportunity through sport to me is it's passion. I don't even think is a strong enough word. I, I really believe it comes back to, to being my purpose. And I'm not saying that because I think I'm good at what I do. I, I think all the time that God could pick so many people better, but he chose me. And so my desire every day is to be faithful to that call and use this, the gifts, the skills, the resources, whatever it is that, that he's equipped me with to, again, pour into a team who is so passionate, equally as passionate about getting the gospel out, especially here in Canada, to a country where Christianity is a very small percentage of the population. You know, there are so many across this country who've never even heard the name Jesus before. So for us, what a joy it is in this ministry, what a passion it is for me. As I think about this verse, I think about the opportunity that I have and that I get to be a part of in, in just sharing Jesus with coaches and athletes across this country. And uh, man, I tell you, it's an honor, a true honor. Yeah, I, I love the humility there and just uh, pointing everyone back to Jesus. So do appreciate that. And so Hans, we're going to kind of wrap up this part of your role. If people are looking for resources, does FCA do any uh, faith and sport resources? Are there publications or anything that you produce? I think I've seen some stuff online before. So maybe can you talk about that with FCA and maybe also your role in it? Do you help develop any of those resources for coaches, for staff, for Christians out there that want to know more? Yes. Uh, so FC, FCA International is, I think it's the, the, the world's largest uh, actually resource you know, within the, the Christian sports realm. And um, I'm not saying that for any gloating reasons. They just have been around for, you know, I mean, close to 70 years now. And, and what a great opportunity they've had to develop and uh, outsource so many great resources. So yes, we, we, and we supply a lot of Christian ministries around the world with, with uh, equipment. You know, we're not a takeover ministry. We're not trying to come in and make every Christian sports organization that exists a FCA entity, uh, we, we want to we want to help them. We want to resource them as well. And so, yes, there's a lot of great stuff. And FCA, they put out new Bibles every year. That they, We have athlete Bibles. We have coaches Bibles. And now for the first time this year, actually, we've come out with student athlete Bibles that for, for uh, you know, kids age five up to 12 that are more interactive and help them to grasp the biblical concepts that we talk through. And each year, the Bibles kind of go along with the theme. And so we output uh, devotional curriculums. Uh, we, we do a lot on version, And uh, if you download the version app and type in FCA, there's lots and lots of great Bible studies that come up there or using the Bible app on, on uh, if you have a, a, a iPhones or those of things. And so there's a, and you can go to our website, uh, obviously, and um, fca.org. Uh, or here in Canada, you can go to canadafca.ca, and uh, there's all kinds of great resources there where you, that you can download, things that you can uh, you can email anybody and just request some things. But we do here, and, and I get to be a part of some of this, we do create a lot of our own curriculum as it, as it relates in Canada and some of the other parts of the world for people who don't know the name Jesus. And so we do have to, to really kind of give a lot of the background, uh, you know, going into some of the countries that we work, even a context here in Canada. Again, we, we were doing a, a program in uh, Bowmanville, Ontario, uh, a couple of years ago, and uh, we just started day one of a summer camp and sharing a Bible story. I don't remember what, it, I think it was Jesus and Zacchaeus. And, and they mentioned Jesus and a little boy raised his hand and said, who is that? 
And he said, I've never heard that name before. I thought it was just a swear word uh, in movies. We deal with a context here where a lot of people don't even have a concept. So we have to really write a lot of our curriculum and, uh, and our team here gets to be a big part of that and putting that together to, to help, uh, you know, boys and girls and uh, coaches, athletes uh, on all different levels uh, grasp uh, the concept of, of who Jesus is. So go, go check out those websites. Lots of great resources there, lots of great videos. And we're always, always ready to help the, the international staff, over 2,000 staff around the world. And uh, one of our, our core mandates is, is how can we equip and resource other people to share Jesus. And so you, you'll always get nothing but, uh, uh, you know, uh, a loving uh, help and, and arm and approach there from us. And uh, can you tell us the website as well so I can plug that in the show description? So if you want to check that out, you can hit up the show description and uh, get more information. Yep. And so you're just going to go to fca.org. Again, that's fca.org. Or you can visit us uh, at uh, canadafca.ca. canadafca.ca. And uh, either way, there'll be there'll be links there back and forth, but you can go check it out. But the fca.org is going to have a, a lot more. In fact, there's a resource button at the top of, of that screen, and it'll take you to, uh, I mean, just thousands and thousands of, of pages of, of information, articles, and uh, devotional curriculums, books. Uh, so just a, a really wealth of, of knowledge there. Yeah. So if you want to check that out, highly recommend it. Like I said, I'll plug that in the show description. So now... We'll talk about how your faith interacts with your role in sport. For you, you've talked a lot about it already, and it's uh, a little bit easier for you than some other guests potentially there, Hans, because you're in sports ministry. But the question I would ask you is, why sports ministry? Why not, you know, I know you work at a church, but why not just do that? What's the need for sports ministry? Why is it so important? Give a big uh, plug for that, because I know that's something you're really passionate about. So in the culture that we, we, we really are starting to see around the world, and, and I referenced it a, a previous here in Canada being a post-church culture, we've really entered a very post-church world. And what I mean by that is so many have, they may not have tried church before, but, but somebody in their family has, maybe even their parents, grandparents, great-grandparents. And they've kind of checked that off the list and, they, and they've just dismissed it. And, and that's really unfortunate because so many people won't even give church a try. They're afraid there's misconceptions, you know, uh, wh wherever they got those misconceptions from. And so as we look at the church, the church is not failing. It's, it's not really even doing a bad job, but, but it already has big obstacles ahead of it in trying for evangelism and trying to reach people. And uh, both in this country, in the United States and around the world. And so when we look at sports ministry, one of the, the main reasons that I, I'm so passionate and I'm so thankful God put me here is we get to be a stepping stone. Even here in Canada, for FCA Canada, we, we have Muslims, Hindus, Buddhists, atheists who join our programs. And I'm so thankful for that. We honor that. You know, we're, we're, uh, we're not calling them out on, on you know, negative things. We're not, uh, you know, ostracizing them. We, we welcome anybody and everybody to our programs. But you have to know we're approaching everything we do, including our huddles, from a biblical perspective. We're using God's word in all that we do. And we're not shy about that. And so it, it's a choice. If people want to join in knowing that, then great. We welcome you. And so, but it, we're, it's a stepping stone, sports ministry, and not just FCA, uh, you know, onside and, and uh, you know, any uh, the athletes in action and all of these great sports ministries here in Canada. What opportunities we have for people to come and play something that they know, do something that they, they love doing like sports in that, getting to hear the truth about Jesus. 
for me, it, it's the church is, is involved in everything we do as FCA Canada. And I know many of the other sports ministries, we, we partner with churches. Churches are involved. Many of our, our, our coaches are coming out of a lot of the churches and engaging their local communities and in partnership with us. And because we want everybody to uh, know the local church is there, that the local church loves them. And we want to break down some of those barriers of the local church. But we're long gone are the days. Uh, you know, when I was younger and growing up, Vacation Bible School was one of the biggest things. You put signs out front and Vacation Bible School meets here and people would just come into the church, uh, even if they had never been in there before and they would trust it. Those days, unfortunately, are, 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 are past. People don't trust the church anymore because it's it's unknown. And so something like a sports ministry, we get to be that stepping stone. We're doing exactly what we said. We're trying to better kids and athletes and coaches within their sport. But we get to be a stepping stone for hearing the truth of the gospel over and over again. And I know time is away from us. I, I, I can share a great story with you. But we've seen athletes, uh, specific and coaches as well, but we've seen some athletes who heard about Jesus for the first time in programs, in those huddles. And, and you know, over time, we've seen them then say yes to Jesus recognizing their need for forgiveness of sins. Then we've seen them join local churches. And so we've seen that full circle come. And then we've had parents even come to us uh, who, who have then joined the church and, and also become followers of Jesus because of what happened with their kids or their, their athletes. And, and I've had too many parents look me in the face and say, we would have never, ever stepped foot in that church. But because of a sports program, we did. Because of a sports program, we heard about a God that we didn't even know existed who loved us. It just gives me chills, Theo, every time I, I think of that. And I think of the immense privilege we have in sports ministry. If sports is not for everybody. You know, I grew up hating sports. I started by sharing that. But sports is not for everybody. But for those that it does, that it resonates with, we get to be a touch point. Maybe we see that coach or athlete grow in their relationship with, with Jesus Christ or start a relationship Maybe we don't, but our goal is that they, are, and our prayer is that they have heard though, that there is a God that exists, that loves them and that wants to have a relationship with them. And we pray that that would never leave them and they would keep asking questions long past, uh, you know, that, that, that uh, interaction. So that, that's why sports ministry, brother. That's why, you know, when I, I look back, you know, I told you my background's in medicine. People ask me all the time, do I regret leaving it? Not for a day. There's nothing I would rather be doing than what I'm doing now. I'm probably least equipped for what I'm doing now compared to some other things maybe, but uh, there's nothing I'd rather be doing because uh, of that very simple point. In a post-church world, we get to be a stepping uh, stone. God's using sports as a stepping stone for people to hear the truth of him. And uh, I love it, man. I love it. Yeah, I mean, for those listening, they're probably like, sign me up. I want to I wanna be involved in some way with sports ministry because of just how passionate you are. And a point that you touched on, which I think is great, is when we look at the Great Commission and Jesus sending us to go out to the nations to share about him and to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we often think we just have to go to every other country out there. But as you mentioned, Canada, there's a lot of diversity out here and a lot of people have come from other countries to Canada. So even going to parts of Canada, you could be reaching people that have never heard the gospel, right? And that's something that it sounds like your organization is pretty proud of and passionate about. Absolutely. And, you know, I know for time, not, I won't share stories, but a high level one we, we did. We, we had a, a female coach that we, we got to engage and she got to work with us and uh, wasn't a believer, didn't know Jesus, 
through through the process, she came to know Jesus and uh, you know started a relationship with him. And uh, you know, after after many months of discipleship, she she came to us. I won't share what country she's from. It's a challenging country, but she came and she said, "I, I feel that God's calling me to go back home, leave Canada." go back to to my home country and she said use use sports there to tell people about Jesus and I'm not taking any credit it had nothing to do with me nothing to do with FCA we're not taking credit there but it's how God's using that right we're getting to engage people here in Canada but God's also equipping same people and calling them uh, perhaps to go back to their home countries go other places but yeah we don't have to go to the ends of the world my wife and I served in the Middle East for many years we loved it it was an honor it was a joy but then God brought us back here and and so to answer that the the, the Matthew 28 that great commission just means you surrender and say, God, here I am. Use me and be open to maybe that sending you to Vancouver. Maybe it's going to send you to, you know, to, to Halifax. Maybe it's going to send you to the uttermost parts of the, of the earth. Maybe it's going to send you just around the corner to the local park and uh, start a sports program there or pick up game of basketball. Whatever it is, sports is a, is a great vehicle for people hearing the name of Jesus. And so it's a joy. And, and just what you said before about getting involved, anybody's listening of course, you know, FCA would love to talk to you about what we do and how you could help, but there are other great sports ministries here as well. Check out Athletes in Action. Check out Onside. Check out Reach Forth. Many more Scripture Union. Please check out these great uh, sports organizations and ministries. They all have the same heart. Uh, we do things uh, some different ways in different areas, but check them out. If you've got a passion for sports ministry, uh, any of them, any of us would love to talk with you and, uh, and, and help get you involved. Yeah, I love that you're... Uh... It's not about competition, right? Uh, often when we think of sports, uh, you probably have your favorite team. Uh, maybe it's the Leafs, for example. And so we often think of competition with the names on the front of the jerseys, our last name on the back. But when it comes to serving the kingdom, we're all one team. So even though there are different organizations, we know that we can come together, pursue things that are, are bigger than just a, a sporting competition there. And uh, with your role, what would you say is the importance and role of prayer in what you do. So what are some aspects um, that you really just, uh, I'm sure all things, but what are some things you really surrender through prayer there uh, with your ministry? Prayer, prayer is, is, is the foundational block of what we do, right? And, um, you know, scripture speaks over and over and over again of, of prayer and the urgency of, of, of us, you know, just talking to, to our heavenly father and, uh, seeking him and his wisdom forward, and uh, because otherwise we're we're you know following our own path if we're not uh, in prayer and and uh, desire that that we we die to self you know and and live for him right and so yeah as FCA Canada our staff you know we we have several initiatives in our staff meeting. Each week, we have about an hour and a half, two hour staff meeting. And uh, the f- first almost full hour is a devotion and prayer time. We, and we do that on Monday mornings. We start the week off uh, on the right foot uh, because God's got to be the one leading. If we're leading, th- then it's not going to go great places, right? And uh, we have another time during the week uh, on Tuesdays where our board members and others are invited to join. And we, we have a collaborative time of prayer. And I'm not saying these to make us look good or pat on the back. I- I'm saying this because these are foundational pieces for us. If we didn't have those, I would be scared to know where we would be as an organization. And I think we would be just that, an organization, not a ministry. As a ministry, I might be at the head of this FCA Canada ministry as, as the executive director, but God's at the head. My, my job is to make sure our team is focused and listening to where God is leading us. And so for us, prayer is absolutely pivotal. We, 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 and we do, we do lots of different prayer initiatives throughout uh, 
the year. And, uh, you know, uh, we do week-long prayer challenges. We, we do all kinds of different things, but all focused again on, on praying for God to give us the wisdom and then praying for each other. We live again in an environment where, um, you can call it spiritual warfare, you can call it spiritual attacks, but again, Satan's win. If, if we're believers, if, if we're sinners saved by God's grace and what he did for us on the cross, then, then Satan has already lost us. But, but the, the, the biggest win he can have there is to get our focus off of Jesus and get our focus on ourselves like the world would say. And you hit it on the nail with sports. Follow a numerous sports teams, and and I love to watch them. But and, but it's so. Who's your favorite one? Oh, Newcastle United. Because I'm a big soccer guy, right? And uh, so you know, I'm not a, I'm not a big hockey fan. I know you mentioned the Leafs. I'm sorry. Uh, most of my staff. It's okay. I thought maybe Mississauga. You might be a, you might be a Leafs fan or something. I'm I'm a, I'm a, I'm an all right Leafs fan. I'm not a Brian Gilmore level Leafs fan. So. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a fake Canadian in that regard. I'm, I lean more toward, you know, soccer. But but when when we're, you know, thinking about, though, just, you know, prayer in general, like we can get our, our mind and focus so quickly on ourselves. And, and that's what we see in the sports world, right? It's all about me. And, and there's too many standout people who are so talented, so gifted. But when you watch them, it's all about them. And, and I'm not, I'm not calling them out, not saying, you know, what, that's, that's to them, to each to his own. I'm not judging. But when I look at, at us in ministry, in Christian ministry, it, it's not about me. It's not about any of us. It's not about what we possess. It's about, again, that kind of dying to self, letting, letting God be the one who's leading us. And so, you know, for me, I, I've got to be in prayer, you know, constantly throughout the day. As a matter of fact, in my schedule, I, I, I block it off so people can't book appointments, uh, but some specific times for me, just so I can kind of retreat a little bit and just, just really pray over some of the meetings that I've had, pray over some of the upcoming meetings that are coming and making sure that God is the one who's really leading here and that, that he's, that, that I'm listening to him and I'm not trying to make things about me or make it about FCA because you're so right in what you said, Theo, it's just not a competition. Christian organizations in general. I don't, I don't care if, if somebody goes to this one or this one, as long as they are, again, that, that kind of being engaged, equipped, and empowered to take the gospel to others who have not heard. And that's the urgency. That's the urgency of sharing. And so for me, uh, it starts with prayer, because if we're not prayed up, uh, uh, then we, we, we better not hope to be useful. It's the same in sports. The, all the many years I played soccer, if I didn't know w- what we were doing, if I didn't know the strategies, if I wasn't listening to our captain, listening to the goalie, I was a defender. So if I wasn't listening to the goalie behind me and what he was saying and uh, the orders he was giving out, and, and I just went out there to be a, a Hans show, we would have lost a lot more games. I promise you that. And so it's the same kind of idea. We've got to be prayed up. We've got to be ready and listening to to God, who's our, 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 our everything, right? But our leader in that. And uh, let him be the one who's setting our path forward. So yeah, prayer is so vital. And uh, I, I can't encourage people enough, uh, you know, take time throughout the day and pray. Pray while you're driving. Don't close your eyes. You know, <laughs> a retreat, retreat somewhere, pray, but just spend some time. And, and no formal you know, vernacular needed there. God's not, doesn't care about our eloquent words. He wants to hear from our heart. That's the most important piece. Yeah. I love that, that you're giving some good advice. And so to kind of wrap up this episode for today, Hans, I'm going to give you a chance to give some more advice as well. Maybe there's a coach or athlete out there or parent that's struggling with integrating their faith in sport. Maybe they make their sport all about them. Maybe they don't really see how Jesus can fit in with sport. What's some advice you would give from your perspective in your experiences and as your role that you have with FCA and as a pastor, what's the final uh, sort of lasting words, uh, words of encouragement there, Hans, that you can give to the audience? 
So I, uh, I'll do it quickly in, in, a, in a short story. So when I was in uh, university, I was uh, you know on the cross-country team. I was running this race. I'm going to go over this really fast, but I was very proud of myself. I was, uh, I, was, uh, I, I was not the fastest on the team, but I was proud of my record and you know what I was doing, right? And this in particular race, it was a 10K race. I was on the, the starting line. We were getting ready to take off. And I looked over to, to the left of me and there were all these guys who, who, you know, they weren't wearing the same kind of clothes and uniforms all the rest of us were wearing. They had like baggy shorts and tank tops. And, and so I asked one of the guys moments before we started, I said, you know, who are you guys? And they said, oh, we're a basketball team. We got caught, uh, you know, drinking, doing some stuff. Our coach was punishing us and, and made us run, is making us run this 10K race. And I had the, this moment of joy that came over me thinking, oh, it's, I'm going to be able to beat these guys so easy. This is going to be great. I'm, I'm so proud of myself here and about to beat these basketball players. And uh, as the race started, some of these guys took off and, and they were faster than me. Here I'm the cross-country scholarship player or, or, you know, or you know, runner, and these guys are basketball players being punished, and they beat me. Several of them came in ahead of me in a 10K race. I didn't handle that well. I was very angry. I was very upset. I was very disappointed. When we go back to this verse uh, you know, that I had shared, Acts 20, 24, and we, we look at this race here, Paul says, my life is worth nothing to me if only I may finish the race and complete that task of testifying, of telling people about Jesus. When I think back to that, that day in that race, I, I'm, I'm very ashamed of myself. I'm ashamed because I had an opportunity to go to those guys. I don't know what school they were. I don't know if they had a relationship with Jesus or not. I did, but I was racing for myself. I, 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 was, tr I was angry because I didn't beat them. I didn't go and congratulate them. I didn't go have a conversation with them. I walked away angry because I lost. Paul talks about finishing this race here and because God's called us to run through life with joy because he's our God. He, you know, we're running through with joy and we've got to consider our life of worth is worth nothing. So if you're struggling to sharing your faith in your sporting environment, you might be on a pro level, you might be on a, on a recreational coach level in a, in a program that tells you that you can't share your faith or, uh, and, and I can relate. I I've been there. I've done that. I worked at hospitals where I was told I couldn't share my faith with patients. And, and, you know, I'm not telling you to, to, to defy or, or break, you know, rules and, and get you fired or any of those things. But what I'm saying here is Paul recognized that, that his life was worth nothing, that the goal was to, and the purpose was to finish that race, keep running toward Jesus, making sure that, that people knew, knew the truth of the gospel. And so if you're struggling uh, in, in just sharing your faith, no matter where you're at, if you're administrative, if you're you know, on, the, on the coaching side, athletic side, uh, or just exploring sports ministry, the only advice I could give you, and I've not figured it out, I'm still working on it every day myself, but is, is that race is the most important thing and how you run it, how people see Jesus play down in your life is so vital. And the only way that you can do that is recognizing I, I, it's not about me. It has nothing to do with Hans. It has nothing to do with whoever it is. I want people to see Jesus. Those, those basketball players didn't see Jesus that day. They didn't see Jesus in, in my actions and in, in how I responded. They didn't see Jesus. And if I could go back, I wish I could, but I, instead I'm learning from that and making sure I don't make that mistake again. So in all things that I do, I want to make sure people are seeing Jesus played out in my life. Uh, when I coach, when, when I still play some sports, even, even now in my age, in our ministry, I want to make sure people are seeing Jesus because the time is now. The urgency is now. We don't know when uh, the Lord's going to return. We don't know any of those things. 
All we know is what the Great Commission says. It says, go. It doesn't say, think about it. It doesn't say, go when you feel you're ready. Go. And, and so for us, it's got to be right now. So if you're struggling sharing your faith, the only thing I could really encourage you with is it, it, it's just be bold. Be bold within the context, be appropriate, contextualize it, do all of those things. And if you need help, we got some great folks here, even in this FCA Canada ministry that love to talk to you and help you contextualize that. But the most important thing is, is go, be bold, share your faith, make sure that people are seeing Jesus, not, not falsely, but people are seeing Jesus in your actions and your words and how you're responding to situations because you, you don't know. That, that may be the only time you ever get to touch that, that, that person uh, with the gospel. That may be the, the, the only time that person gets an opportunity to hear. And so we, we, can't, uh, we can't waste those chances. So if you're a high school coach and you're a believer and you're saying, I'm going to get fired if I bring in my faith, there's a lot of great strategies. We don't have time to talk about those on this call, but there's strategies where you can bring those things in, where you can start to talk about you know, your faith and talk about how you have a, a trust in Jesus. Because if you tell somebody, I'll end with this, if you tell somebody that you know, that you know, that you know, that one day when you close your eyes on this earth, you will be with Jesus in heaven, not because you deserved it, but because of what he did on the cross, I promise you one thing. I promise you this one thing. They may think you're a lunatic. They may uh, you know, think that you're crazy, but they won't forget what you just said because there's a, a deep longing in everyone's heart on this earth that can only be filled, only be filled with Jesus as their Lord and Savior. As you look for those opportunities to share those things, they may walk away not accepting Jesus or not even asking how to, uh, to, to know Jesus, but I guarantee you they're not gonna forget what you said and, and the prayer is that, that, you know, God has got somebody else, uh, you know, next on the line who's going to engage them. And that then one day you, you may see that person in heaven. So uh, if you're having struggle, struggling with sharing your faith, just remember that urgency. Uh, don't, don't wait. Don't, don't waste the time. Take the risk. Be bold. Uh, let people see the love of Christ Jesus within you. And uh, that, they can't dispute that. They can't dispute when you say, you know, you are who you are because of what Jesus did for you. Uh, again, they may think you're a lunatic, but they're not going to forget it. I mean, that, that about sums up the interview there, Hans. Thank you so much for coming in. Hopefully, uh, in the audience, you are encouraged by what Hans has shared. Uh, I know I have been very grateful and, and thankful that you were able to come on. As I mentioned previously, you can check out fca.org for some of those resources, talking about contextualizing where, where whatever avenue of sport you're in, right? Paul talks about that in Scripture as well, being a Jew to the Jews or, or, or Gentile to a Gentile. And so we want to, in your sport context, be able to contextualize and know what's okay to say and, and, and things like that. So that's great that you're able to share that, Hans. So thanks for coming in all the way from Mississauga, virtually, of course. Appreciate your time. It's a true honor to be here. Thanks for the time and I lo love what you're doing with this podcast, brother. Our next episode features Rob and Becky Cripps. Rob is a black belt and Becky is a blue belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and they both help run the Capstone Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu program. The program is aimed towards boys and girls from grades 1 to 12 to help build confidence, leadership, and self-defense skills. During this interview, Rob and Becky share about their experience with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, how they integrate their faith with their sport, and how this program is able to reach youth within their community. If you want to connect with Onside Athletics, you can find us at onsideathletics.ca and at Onside Athletics on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. 
May we continue to glorify God in everything we do.